0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode five of Natural Expansion, which is gonna be with a bit of a different and new format, gonna try something uh, different out and kinda of move away from the generic talk show thing that we've done in the past, and move in towards a more kind of one on one podcasty sort of just StarCraft discussion. So this is episode five of Natural Expansion, and our topic today primarily is the WCS Austin NA Challenger event, and we do have our guest today, Pilly Pilly, who did finish second in the event. Dude, what's up, how you doing?
1: What's
0: up, Marty? I'm doing good, how are you? Yeah, man, I'm good. Being WCS. I mean it's always good when WCS is on, even if it's just the challenger leagues, you know, lots of Starcraft, lots of streams, loads to watch, loads to yeah. cast. It's pretty it's pretty awesome, so yeah, I'm I'm feeling good. You've been watching a lot of the WCS as well. I mean obviously you're playing it, but uh you've been watching yeah, the new Yeah, I followed
1: so. the most of the qualifiers,
0: so pretty aware of what happened and who played who. Yeah. Any anyone anything in particular that uh you maybe gonna bring up at some point? Anything um.
1: Exciting? Well literally just now DNC qualified over Lambo and um, I actually was wanted both of them to qualify but the DNC qualifying I think is a good thing because I, th- I think DNC is like one of the best protists right now in Europe but he's just like super underrated and just doesn't have like his first success so maybe that will be his uh, his first shot maybe by the time this podcast is actually uh, on the air <laughs> he'll <laughs> yeah. actually do a, do a great job in the challenger itself but um, I think he's the person to like out for now
0: yeah? yeah, I think it's uh, it's really crazy as well. Like In the ladder challenge, he had this like, crazy situation where he was like 10 points ahead of E-Laser in age position, and then he got hit by Strange on a barcode like twice. Yeah. He lost like 40 points and 40 points. It was just like half an hour before the cutoff, I was just like, well, there's your dream over. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of sad, but yeah. good that he qualified now. Yeah, it awesome, wasn't that he's qualified now. All right, awesome. Well, we're going to kick this off and uh, go on to our first sort of kind of subtopic again we're also going to be talking about wcs austin na challenge i actually struggle to figure out what to call it because it's wcs challenger but it's not like season one or anything like it's not named that but it's also it's really weird right yeah it's kind of like
1: wcs austin but it's not exactly austin yeah but it's not the only qualifier because there's also an open bracket i I guess it's just challenges i think just
0: yeah, like, are, I know, but it's like easy. there's so many NA Challenges throughout the year, right? There's going to be four of them. So yeah, four like... of them and each one for a different event, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, well, I, so I'm calling it WCS Austin NA Challenger. Maybe Austin should be in like brackets or something, but yeah, this is going to be what we're calling about mostly. Um, so first of all, I want to pick your brain a bit because you're a player who's obviously been really up and coming for like the past year or so, but really breaking out in the past year or so, I guess, you know, you've been up and coming before yeah. then. In the last year, you've been qualifying to multiple events and stuff. So I think you're a really interesting person to talk to you about kind of the new WCS circuit. Obviously, we've known about the plans of WCS circuit for a long time and challenge, etc. But now that it's starting to get rolling and close to the time, uh, I I want to pick your brain a bit. So first of all, I mean, let's just talk WCS circuit overall. The major changes okay. being that this year, it's just four events rather than, I mean, last year, there's like about 10, I think. Uh, there kept being new ones added in um but all four events are basically the same value and there isn't kind of big championships which we had last year like the spring championship and the summer championship so i just want to kind of pick you bring like what do you think about that like just four events is that a good thing or a bad thing i mean obviously right away a lot of people are like well only four events that's not great but i mean for you is there any positives to that like is it easier to say well at least uh-huh. i know i can go to all of them or
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird, because well, first of all, we got extra challenger, so that's already extra cash. So, because last year was three, this time it's four, so more opportunities, kind of. The problem is, is that uh, only four events, they cut up the qualification spots. So like last year NA had like six spots, this year it's four, same goes for EU. But they increased the spots for other regions, so I guess that's good. But overall it became much harder. And since there's less spots, and there's only four tournaments, like, you kind of have to attend each one, but if you don't qualify for, like, EU tournament, for example, and if you're, like, like for example, not talking about me, maybe talking about, like, for example, a player such as uh, PandaBerry, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Like, doesn't qualify. I don't know what his team, like, supports him, but if, team, if his team doesn't pay for his travel, like, flying from America to Europe is, like, at least 1k for the flight, then it's hotel, then it's, like, paying for the fees visas and stuff so like you end up paying a lot more than you're actually making from Starcraft so there's like no point traveling so the fact that they cut so many actual paid like paid flight spots is actually really bad especially for like up and coming players because you, if you want to actually like break out you need to go to those events but to go to those events you either make it top four or you're like paying more than you're making so that kind of sucked and then it was also really funny the way the Blizzard worded this because they were like, oh, last year was really confusing. Like, Drogo won the tournament, but he was not, like, guaranteed a BlizzCon spot. Right. And, like, because it was so confusing, now we're just cutting those tournaments out. And it's going to be four tournaments, the winner goes to BlizzCon. It's like, well, that's not exactly a good thing. Like, they, they made it sound like they made it simpler, but yeah, in right. fact, they just cut out the tournaments. So it was kind of weird.
0: I, I, I but, get but um.
1: I guess for me it doesn't really matter. There's only four tournaments. Cause last year I only went to four tournaments, so I guess this year doesn't really change anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but for like players like Nurture, for example, like last year I heard him like kind of complain that he doesn't have time to practice because there's like literally an event every month, and he constantly has to travel from one to another. So I guess for top players it becomes much easier to compete, especially like when it comes down to competing with Koreans, because Koreans right now only have tournaments in Korea, right? So they always like kind of in their zone practicing while foreigners are keep like going from country to country and uh, you know, jet lag all the time, switching time zones is actually like fucks with your like practice schedule a lot so I guess for top foreigners it's like much better than there are less tournaments well, not, not exactly better but it helps them prepare for them yeah, like... but for lesser tournaments, for lesser players it makes no difference
0: I guess there's, like, positive and neg- negatives, too, obviously. I thought it was, like, maybe... One of my interesting takes on this was that maybe it's a bit fairer because all of these events are very accessible and they all offer the same number of places. Whereas, like, last year, there was, like, some WCS circuit events like uh, Copa Intercontinental, which only had, like, two slots for NA, for example. And yeah. that's much harder for... The, you know, therefore, the very top players get more chances at WCS points rather than, you know, now it feels like four events... I mean, again, it sort of depends what player you are, but four events seems very manageable for everyone to get to, all four events, realistically. Like, if you're really serious about qualifying for BlizzCon, it's not like you're going to miss out on a chance because you didn't hit the qualifier. Like, you should be able to get to at least the open bracket, which should be fairly good chances. So, I mean, it's a a really interesting change because I think a lot of people from the get-go are like, oh, that's awful, less events. But actually, it's like you mentioned, like, again, like, even just having free time to actually sit down and practice... It can, it can be good, and it helps to build hype a bit as well towards the events, and it gives time to actually like broadcast Challenger in a way as well, you know? like I feel that's something we missed uh, when there was so much StarCraft in the past, where it's like, all of a sudden there's two qualifiers like straight after an event, and people don't know if this qualifies for that as well, so... I, I guess yeah, it does sure. simplify things in a way. That's interesting. So you mentioned uh, Challenger having less spots, or uh, there's less spots available for you in these circuit events. Uh, but that's because there's no server qualifiers anymore, right? Yeah, exactly. Like,
1: last year was two uh, spots from Challenger and then four more spots from the server qualifiers. But it right. still was a lot more spots, yeah. Plus, the people were getting invited to the tournaments too. So like, for example, in NA, we didn't have to worry about pulled Hydra Neap taking our spots because they were invited. Right. So like, it was actually a lot more spots. Like technically since like the the very top players were already qualified
0: yeah of course cool. so there's, there's a lot more like qualified spots i suppose obviously like in the actual event there's more spots in general because of the open bracket but what yes. we're really talking about is like qualified spots which pay your travel by blizzard or by the tournament organizers that's the you know that's what yeah. that's what players are looking for right uh, yes yeah. you know that's the that's the ideal dream all right well you actually covered like a whole bunch of stuff i was gonna i was gonna bring up like um you know that you mentioned there's more seasons as well, which is a bit more money, which is positive. Do you like that? Like because you, you sort of said that uh, you know losing events sort of can affect the players that break out. But should they be looking to break out at the events, or should they be looking to break out in maybe like challenger? Because for example, like say you know is it not easier there as well because it's online? You get to play from home. And yes, the top players are there, but would you rather have to go to an event where all the pressure's on, or would you rather? sit at home and like make breakout and challenge i know maybe making a deep run challenger isn't breaking out per se but it's definitely a way to start making a mark, mark. i mean is that something you mm-hmm. I... yeah for sure like uh the first step of a programmer life should be doing
1: well online you don't want to like jump straight to the offline tournaments and try to do well there like online is the first step but i still feel like offline events is like a big part especially like for the mindset of the player, because once you actually go to those offline tournaments, you're kind of like understanding about starcraft kind of changes because you see other players play, you, you actually get to see how you perform, like either you perform well or not, like during the, you know, those high pressure times and stuff. And you actually like get more mo- motivated after like traveling to those events because it's a lot of, you know, memories and stuff. So kind of getting to those offline events is very important for the pro gamer to like begin their, you know, serious career, I guess, but sure, like, online performance is the first step, for sure.
0: Alright, fair enough. I mean, I I think it's quite nice having the extra Challenger League because already in this sort of first season, or whatever we're calling it, we've seen quite a few players who maybe don't often make a Challenger League, and the more chances they get at that, the more chances they get of getting their names out there, like, for example, Cuddlebear, I think someone who... Yeah, uh,
1: Cuddlebear, Sorogs, Time,
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah, Silky as well, I think. Someone who kind of comes oh, into yeah. that. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some of those storylines a bit later, but I think that's really cool that you get to kind of get that opportunity to like, you know, hey, I made it into Challenger League. You know, get a few hundred dollars. I can tell my mom and dad, hey, mom, look, I'm a, <laughs> yeah. I'm a real pro gamer now. Uh, but I, I I think that's nice, the kind of the, the extra number. Uh, something uh, just quickly to kind of wrap up kind of thoughts on WCS Circuit and Challenger League changes. Now, this isn't a change because we sort of had this last year, but... It's being done a bit differently. I want to talk just quickly about the ladder qualifier. Um, so, there's a mixture of kind of happiness and sadness about it. I, I'm just going to straight up ask, you know, what do you think about the ladder qualifier? Obviously, you got through the ladder qualifier to play. But, yeah. so, but I mean, do you, did you like playing the ladder qualifier? Did you think it was done? Um, you had to pay 15 games a day? Is there flaws?
1: I think the NA, like, ladder qualifiers can be really fun if blizzard actually starts promoting it like that's my issue like the fact that they did like eight spots for ladder qualifying eight spots from the open bracket is really cool and i really like it but the for example like the open uh bracket qualifiers they got a lot of coverage they got like a dedicated casters from the studio they got a bunch of community casters such as you pig um and like there was a, like it was actually like a nice vibe from those qualifiers because you could like go by like watch bunch of streams, uh, follow the games and stuff. While for ladder qualifier, there was no coverage whatsoever. The only coverage we got is Blizzard tweeting the picture of top 16 GM ladder of an A, and be like, "Here's your top 16 guys. Top eight eligible will be in WCS Challenger." It's like we players didn't even know who were eligible. Right. And like talk about casuals. Casuals had no idea what was going on. Absolutely no idea. It's like we only get four challengers. It's like the best players competing on the ladder. Every ladder game counts. There's so much excitement. Like players had fun with it. We as a player had fun with it because I saw like, for example, like Pogbunny, Pat and Me like game time being like in the bottom like eight to ten. And they were like, you know, stealing points from each other. And like we were playing each other like it all depended. It was all really fun for us. But this tournament isn't really for us we're just in for like basically the money right but like we want the casuals to know what's going on and casuals had no idea what was going on and blizzard didn't do anything and it's kind of like it's very simple would be to promote it would be literally a one-man job all they have to do is have the person like tweet at least every 24 hours just be like hey guys here's an update here's like top 16 ladder here's the eight eligible players, here's the players that are, like, really close to top eight. Can they make it? Like, kind of like that. And just tweet every 24 hours, hey, uh, yesterday, like, Pogbunny was ranked five, now he's suddenly ranked ten, can he climb back? That kind of thing. And then people would actually be like, oh, I wonder why the rank matters. Then they go into Liquid, they find out about the rules, they kind of get involved with it, because otherwise no one, like, no one ever knew about that. For example, I was streaming the last day of the ladder qualifier, and my uh, my ladder my stream title was, like, Playing 15 games for double CS. I had like 150 viewers and literally like I got like a hundred people asking me <laughs> why the hell do I need to play fifteen games? Because literally no one knew about that thing. Like no one knew about requirements. No one really knew who was in the running. No one knew when the cutoff time is. It's like it's just tournament just kind of never happened. It's just right. only pro gamers knew about it. And like it would be really simple for Blizzard to actually like promote it, because literally one person tweeting and uh, that's it. and like even it would be nice for players because actually every player had to like go into their match history and count 15 games but if the blizzard was tweeting like hey those are the people that met the 15 game requirement those are the people in top 8 it would be just easier for us programmers because a lot of programmers were like i think i made 15 games but i'm not sure like i wasn't sure if that's on time like it was just extra complications that really didn't need to happen
0: right i i think it's really tough because i like the idea of including the ladder but I mean, as a caster myself, I'm like, what a missed opportunity to, like, do something. Like, do anything, right? I mean, I know Fear Dragon took some replays and he cast them afterwards, but, I mean, you miss the entire impact. You're like, oh, this is a game that took place at some point in the last 72 hours. It's not, this is the game that maybe puts DNS into top 8 or gets knocked down, like, unreachable levels or something, right? Like, you're missing so much of a potential story there, and, you know, all of a sudden, like, these 8 players are just in Challenger right? And yeah. and like, they're just in charge. I know like people come in my chat all the time like, hey, why isn't X signed up for today's qualifier? He yeah, sure yeah. he wants to sign up for WCS? It's like, well, he's, he's qualified. They're like, oh, why, why did he get invited? It's like, no, he played the ladder qualifier. They're like, well, I mean, it's exactly as you say. They're like, well, what yeah. do you mean, the ladder qualifier? But, yeah. I mean, I guess the question is, obviously, I mean, tweeting helps, but, I mean, that's one step. Once they start tweeting, like, once a day, what do you do from there? Because it's really hard to actually cover it more than that, unless you have, like, daily recap streams or something be like all right so we we force the players to upload their games or something like it becomes really complex like i've been thinking about this myself because i thought i've been trying to think like how could you do something to like make the most of the ladder qualifier
1: even like this simple thing like you were talking
0: earlier like dnc was like rank seven and
1: then he ran into this strange bar and lost like two games like that kind of thing is really funny because you know it's a strange who like Maybe even snipe him on the barcode to steal his points, right?
0: Yeah. Or something
1: like that. And it's actually really funny, but only pro gamers knew about that. Literally only pro gamers, and like really involved people in StarCraft yeah. like you knew about that. But if the casual people knew about that, that's kind of funny, that's kind of drama. Like, you know, people were like sniping Bly, or Bly was sniping this. People like snipe each other for easy points. You know, there's like last second changes and stuff. That That's, that's a lot of fun. Even like simple things like that would be... Just like of course not put it like oh this guy snapped but be like, oh that guy took like twenty MMR from this guy at the last second and that's why this guy doesn't qualify, it. like that kind of thing. It's already kinda of exciting, I yeah. feel
0: Yeah, it's true. It's just it is difficult to bring that to kinda of like the uh you know, to bring that to the to the more casual audience I guess. And I get I I get what you're saying, like tweets and stuff, but I still imagine that if people tweet it, you know, you tweet out or something. I can still imagine like I could. Eighty percent of the people who are already asking still asking because they just missed the tweet or something. You know, it's. Uh, mm, yeah, true. It's a it's a but... tough one. Sure, go ahead.
1: Yeah. No, I I mean, tweets are just like the most simplest thing they do, but yeah, they didn't course. even do like like. It, there's there's no, it's no brainer to actually just tweet every twenty four hours, but they didn't even do that. that that's right, just okay. simply being lazy, like sure like maybe there are other things they can do to promote that I I don't know because I'm not working for Blizzard in the PR department but that's their job right but they didn't even do like the simplest thing Mm -hmm. that like just took no effort at all
0: I, I get you. It's it's a tough one to kind of I mean I know what you mean, like they should take the simple steps first and then go from there, um as well. Yeah, it's tough sure. though. What we really need is just to be able to jump into people's ladder games and to cast them. That's the that's the dream solution. Yeah, but, that you know, that's a dream, but maybe I don't maybe, think it's maybe by some, maybe, soon. <laughs> Yeah, maybe by like StarCraft 4, right? Something like that. <laughs> um all right, awesome. Well we've talked a lot about kind of the changes and stuff. I want to talk a bit about obviously your run through the bracket. You know, you came second place, which is your best uh Challenger League performance to date. Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, it's it's a tough one to kind of, I guess it's a tough one to place because you've qualified for big events before, which are arguably, like, just as difficult to qualify for as getting yeah. maybe second place in Challenger. But because Challenger is, like, its own tournament in a way, this is what Blizzard have been telling us to say as well, like, Challenger is Challenger, it's a tournament, it's not a qualifier. Does it, you know, I'm going to just straight up ask, you know, do you, what do you feel about, you know, does that awesome? Like, do you feel a bit more prestige because it's Challenger? Or were you kind No, of like
1: for me it was literally qualifier, like I didn't care about money because like if you don't qualify you only get 600 bucks Which mm-hmm. doesn't even cover like half of the ticket for right. the plane So like I only care about qualifications for me. It was a qualifier, but I feel like for a lot of the players uh, Like you know how we mentioned like the more like breaking out players like Time, right, Cuddlebear, Soros For them it was more like a tournament because they actually they got double CS points, they got the money They got like a bit of exposure kind of thing so I think for top players, it's mostly a qualifier, because I don't think the very top, like me, doesn't care about 600 bucks, True doesn't care about 600 bucks, like those are the people that were at BlizzCon, so for them it's more like a qualifier, but I think for a lot of new players, it's more like a tournament, so that that's kind of good, I guess, because usually if it's just a qualifier, then the people that don't make it, they just kind of wasted their time, but yeah, here they actually got something in exchange.
0: Alright, fair enough. Uh... So I mean that's just straight up go for your run. So you started off, you took down Jig in the first round. I don't think that's much of a surprise at all. Uh, yeah,
1: actually, when I say the Jake, um, he actually like used to be good. I think in 2014, like when I was getting into the scene, he was like one of the top Canadians. Oh yeah, I definitely,
0: think. I remember him. Uh, but then he really
1: kind of like faded away and now he's getting back and he's actually getting really good
0: i think like if he keeps up on it he could be like the next kind of
1: really good zerg from America. Yeah. well he
0: he definitely had pretty i mean he had a pretty decent run even though he dropped to the lower bracket straight away he took down game time frio who again for me is someone who's been getting better and better and always competing at that no, sort of sure. level but then he took john snow to five games and i mean john snow yeah. is kind of like maybe just a step behind you i would say right now like you know, yeah, he, yeah, bit, yeah. he's like really good online. He's qualified for Austin as well. Um But you're the player who's maybe just had a couple more results at offline events already or maybe made a couple more qualifiers, right? So I think to take John Snow to five games is already like, you know, Jake yeah. really getting like, you know, pretty serious. Yeah, guess, yeah. So that's pretty sick. Uh, all right. So you dropped down to the low bracket after losing the puck, Frio. What happened, man?
1: Frio? Actually, it was
0: 1-3. I oh. actually told them to fix it. They
1: wow. never fixed it. I'm still salty about my illegal, like wow. points. That's disgusting. Unbelievable. Um, okay. So but yeah, Puck actually was... that that day Puck was like actually, actually like on fire. Like he, yeah. he didn't play like Puck because <laughs> right. he, he didn't do the builds that he usually does. He actually like game me pretty well. And, mm-hmm. Like I was actually surprised like because I prepared the builds because I knew he would probably beat game time. So mm-hmm. I was preparing the builds for him and literally usually when I prepare my builds like ninety percent of them work. I like it. it. doesn't mean that I'm winning the game, but it means like my meta game worked against Puck. Literally everything went to shit. <laughs> so like he he just prepared for me well. Like he knew what I was expecting, and he totally like mind fucked me. Um, so that was kind of sad. Um, but yeah, he was just playing well. I think he I was smarter than me for sure in this one. Um, then I dropped to the lower bracket. Um, I was playing bye guys. I had to play right after losing to Puck. So like those games were just like I was just like in the zone like. Every game, I just didn't even think about the game. I kept thinking about losing to Puck. But um,
0: <laughs> I, remember, I think I casted um, those games, actually. They yes, were, you did. It was very like, scrappy games yeah, with yeah. a
1: lot of failing drops and that's right, kind of yeah, thing. Right, yeah, I remember now. Yeah. But I think BioWise is a bit out of practice, too, so I think you just didn't macro well. Um, then I kind of got back into the, the, the mood, I guess, and I played Semper. Um, PVT right now feels like Proto's favorite, pretty heavily with Phoenix adapting to Colossus and stuff so even though I didn't play that great still kind of won on the back of the Protoss mm-hmm. um, next day like I had like 12 hours to prepare for true so I just prepared like 3 disgusting builds um, <laughs> is that I is that what like, happened? Just uh, pretty weird. much yeah like uh I studied like he uh the day before that, True played in the filthy and A Cup and he played deep in the Challenger and like wow, yeah. and he played deep in the Filthy and A Cup. So I literally had like ten games of True to study. Yeah. So I like literally went all over um over them and then like I figure out his like overload positions and stuff. And then um I just did like two really greedy builds with like Nexus first into like really heavy mortal uh pushes on three bases and then one game I went like fake carriers. Because I know that he every time he sees carries, he just goes straight into, like, 20 Corruptors. And then he just made, like, three carries for fake and then just massive that. And he kind of died because, uh, you know, Corruptors don't shoot down.
0: Fair enough. Um, so, so, I mean, that was obviously a pretty important series because that's the one that qualified you yeah. to Austin. After that, I kind
1: of, like, didn't carry. It was kind of funny because, like, I played much better once I qualified because I just stopped kind of carrying. Because, right. like, well, I qualified, nothing pressure. really changes. Yeah. And then... From that, I was just kind of like doing random bills just for fun. Like I was literally just having fun in the qualifier, and then somehow managed to be John Snow and, and take a revenge on puck. puck. Yeah. All right. Still lost to Neep though. I think me PVP is insane. I, I it's actually like, unbelievable. I mean, he won a Casper Cup off the back of PVP. Yeah. So I don't yeah, think he, like, I don't keeps Showtime people, so. in WSG. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be too upset, but it's still really depressing. Like when you give like when you give your own you still can't like even get close to giving someone in your legion. it's kind of sad. Yeah, of course. All
0: right. I mean is there any I, I guess just to kind of as we are talking about your games, is there any like matchup you mean you say P V T feels pretty pros favorite. Is that your matchup that you like at the minute or is there something else you enjoy? No, I, I hate P V T like P V T
1: is just stressful. Like P V Z is just like no stress. You just sit there either making carriers or a depth kind of thing. Like sure you have to multitask a lot with that prism and stuff, but the matchup feels like a lot less stressful while in PVT you're like opening with an oracle and then you have to babysit your oracle 24-7 because there's like a random wood bar at the middle of the map yeah, cool. and if you fly your oracle into it a lot of the times you will just straight up lose the game to like next to wood mine drop because you don't have detection so like PVT just feels stressful because I always have to be like on top of the oracle while PVZ is much easier because there's no like surprises, no surprises.
0: yeah
1: yeah, no surprises that can kill you right away um, but yeah PVZ is like definitely my best matchup and a lot of it has to do with Protos being a bit strong, um, but yeah.
0: Fair enough. That's that's cool. I mean, as a Terran player, I just hate playing TVP. So <laughs> yeah, that's sad. I mean, I, I think it's
1: frustrating for both sides because for yeah. Terrans, oh, if Oracle flies in while well, my, my Woodman is not in position,
0: uh, never the mind the Oracle. It's the Adept. It's, it's yeah, well, it's, it's Adept stressful, is just man. A follow-up, stressful. Yeah. Yeah, I? I just need to get better, though. So I have no excuses. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Cool. As, I mean, we've we've kind of gone through your story then. Second place again, your best uh, Challenger League position, um, ever, uh, right? Like yeah. again, like, top. Uh, last
1: year, I think three Challengers. Literally every one of them, I got top five. Like yeah, you got. Every, uh,
0: I just went through this. You got top eight in the first one, but you actually qualified because everyone else was invited or qualified for oh, yeah, server yeah, qualifiers. Yeah. It was like really is really strange because actually Jon Snow qualified, but then he couldn't go right, and oh, he yeah, was the guy yeah, who yeah. knocked you out. Yeah, yeah, that was the first one. Man. Yeah, that was uh, so. You got top eight in the first one, but then you got top six like a couple of times, which in a row. So top two is uh, is a good progress, well, man. Good well, progress. to be fair, like NA
1: got a bit weaker because we three Koreans, right, three Koreans are out. Um, just to clarify for people, Violet didn't really retire, but he cannot even play in Austin because there's a hundred game on ladder per like season or a month for oh, non really? players, and he didn't play those games, so he can't even play in the open bracket. Oh, just wow. that just, just everyone knows about it it's just kind of the thing that once again Blues are kept to themselves but yeah Blue, uh, Violet
0: seems to be like completely out of the scene like he doesn't even care anything anymore I so, don't think anyone's heard of anything Violet for like he like didn't he try to play like a GSL qualifier like in season 1 maybe this year I think yeah.
1: Well, he didn't really fly there to try. Yeah, to, yeah he like, was already he, there. Yeah, yeah, I went to Korea for like visit family and friends, whatever. And then he was like, "Well, I'm there. I'm gonna yeah, play." Yeah, of course.
0: But it, oh, I but... think that's like the last time I saw Violet. Even like it's long ago, long ago. Sim- All right. Sim- right. Well, I want to talk about a couple of uh, quick storylines that came up through uh, WCS Challenger. And I mean, <laughs> where else do we start than the hacking and the X map oh. hacker and the villa in general? Um, I mean, just to quickly bring anyone, I mean, if you didn't hear about this, I don't know how, but basically an ex-map hacker played A Avilo made a massive deal out of it. Turns out it actually was an ex-map hacker, so for once Avilo, well, he was he was the boy that cried Wolf that day, quite literally. Yeah. Um, so anyways, this guy called, uh, what was he called at the time, was it Vin... He, I know uh, Vindicta. Vindicta, yeah, he hes used, uh, used to be known as Nero. And he's a, I mean, he's one of the more blatant ex-NA map hackers or whatever, so he qualified, uh, which caused a bit of a shitstorm. I mean, it's just straight up, I mean, any opinions on this stuff, because I mean, for me, it was like, I was a bit open-minded, like, I mean, I guess he hacked kind of pretty recently, so I guess he should have some ban, but it's kind of crazy that Blizzard just should have done something about it in the first place anyways. Yeah, well,
1: like, Blizzard can't really do much. Like, I feel like people just freaked out right away. Everyone, like, for, as soon as he qualified right. for the next 24 hours, people constantly were giving Blizzard shit for, like, letting yeah, him fall through. Like, can't believe Blizzard just gave 100 bucks through a hacker. Like, yeah. to be fair, like, Blizzard doesn't have a guy who, every qualifier comes in, checks <laughs> everyone, makes sure that this is not the smurf of a previous hacker and checks, like, his, him for, like, all his previous hacks. No, like, if there's a dedicated person that does it. like, Per request all those map hacks and like people just freaked out especially at villa he was just like calling yeah, yeah, people was, names was like crazy. crying like a baby like there was no reason to that you could be like hey this guy's a hacker can you check him those would be like okay like it will take time but we will do that that's basically what happened they, yeah, like, I... they took their time they researched the issue they, they banned
0: him. i mean that's exactly it, like... what happened and then they and then they banned him and then it had no effect anyways because the players he got knocked out by him got to play their part of the bracket anyways i yeah, mean it... i guess if he didn't qualify maybe that would have been worse because then maybe players who got knocked out wouldn't have yeah, got that second chance. Yeah, and then it would chance. be awkward
1: because then they would have to, like, make Calum play
0: people yeah, again. exactly. And
1: that would be unfair to him, too. So, it, it, it's actually almost good that he qualified because not only he got banned, the bracket was also more fair. Yeah. Um, so, that was kind of lucky. But, yeah, people just need to, like, down I mean, it's such down situation.
0: Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I, it I, doesn't happen often. and I mean, like... Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, do you think the punishment's fair? Like, he got banned from the next two WCS events, right? So Austin and Jonkerping. Oh really? I, I, okay. Um, I think that's what it was.
1: It, it, it's honestly
0: like, kind of like,
1: I mean, it's fair to punish him because he used to be a hacker, and yeah. he he like he didn't get banned for hacks though. Like, they their reasoning right, was like he was playing on the sharing. accounts that were involved with hacking, so they weren't saying that he's hacking, he was saying, right, like, okay. he was playing that account as potentially pretension of hacking. So it was kind of weird. But he, he definitely deserves a ban, I think Blizzard knew that, so they kind of just warded it around. Yeah. Like, we can't really let people that used to hack to, to actually yeah. compete in tournaments, so...
0: Do you think it's okay if he comes back, like, in the second half of the year? Like, do you think that's a fair enough ban, like, long enough, or...?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's the thing, if he comes back, there's there
1: will be no grounds for Blizzard to ban him anymore, right. because... I mean, people will still be, like, complaining about it for sure. But yeah, technically, sure. also, if he was any good, that would be a completely different story. But, like, that was his, like, one-in-a-lifetime, like, lucky yeah. run. He will never have that again. Fair so done. I'm kind of not even worried about that.
0: All right. Um, so when, when yeah. it happens in, uh, in like, five months or something, we'll we'll worry about it then. <laughs> yeah. I think that, yeah, that's no, interesting. I get you. I get okay. you. All right. All um, right. Just to move on quickly, Villo, just to kind of wrap that one up, Villo also got banned from the rest of the Austin qualifiers, which basically meant that he couldn't play the replacement brackets, so he made himself over. Um, uh, Just I got a couple other things to talk about. I think Scarlet playing Protoss, I mean, maybe not something that's worth a massive discussion. I just want to get your opinion on this. Like, is she making a statement? Is it because of Ping? Because she's in Korea? From what
1: I heard, like, uh, what... People that leave with her told me is that she just said that playing ZvZ against NHC Zerks with 200 <laughs> ping is just impossible. So she just decided to play Protoss. That that was her re- reason. Is that I'm I mean, sure she she actually practiced Protoss a lot, and I heard from people that she actually beats stats with her Protoss. So like her Protoss is no joke, and she she knows that. So like it was kind of like a calculator risk rather than being like, oh, Protoss yeah, of fucking
0: overpowered. I'm gonna play. It, now. it was more
1: like. I can't really play ZvZ on the high thing. I would rather do like some easy proto stuff kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I think I think that was the the realistic story. I think everyone just wanted to believe that she just wanted to prove Pross was OP, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the the Reddit mentality and so on. Yeah. Um, my last little storyline from here that I think is worth mentioning is Silky, um, an and North American Zerg player. He's on Sidestorm Academy, right? Uh, yeah. And he went pretty huge himself. He went, well, he lost to Scarlet's Protoss to begin with, which maybe wasn't the best start. But then he played a 3-2 victory over Massa in the lower bracket. Then he took down Poke Bunny 3 one and then that got him top 8 in Challenger before he fell to Jon Snow. I mean, yeah. expected at all? Is this just a run of a um. lifetime, played some crazy games, or people off their game?
1: I think that's actually was, it was like, I wasn't expecting him to beat Masa, per se, but, I, like, Silky's actually really good. Like, mm-hmm. on Korea, he's actually, like, 6k plus MMR, which is actually MMR that I am around at. Right. And, like, most of the NA pros will be, like, would be at if they, like, actually played Korea. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's actually pretty good. The fact that he beat Masa maybe has something to do with a panda bear, we took out Masa in the upper bracket, and then Masa was just tilted as hell. Right. And uh, kind of, like, didn't play the series well. And he also did Pokebunny, who's also, like, a decent Terran. So I think Silky, like, it was a good run. And I think he probably can do this every season. Like, maybe maybe not taking out Massa, but he definitely can take out most of the, like, the bottom eight NA players kind of All thing. Right.
0: Yeah, I think Massa just going out was, like, the big the big shock. Like, say he dropped down to the lower bracket and took down game time then Pokebunny or something. I don't think that's as much of a whoa moment, you know? That's sort of, yeah. like... Ah, you know, I think he could do that. I think it's just a massive victory, but, I, you know, as you say, these brackets are kind of tough. Like, you go out of losing a best-of-five in the winner bracket, you've got, a, like, seven best-of-fives to play to, like, qualify, like, five best-of-fives to play to qualify yeah. or something. It's not a great mindset to go into another best-of-five against the same race of, right? So I can yeah. imagine it being a bit till, I mean, I guess maybe just a bad day too, right? I think Massa yeah. treated like, I don't even know what I'm doing today or something afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's
1: tweeted that, yeah, I remember yeah. that.
0: It's classic. <laughs> Um, all right, cool. So, uh, that's a pretty interesting one as well. Good on Silky, though, man. Top, top, because top eight gets the extra couple hundred dollars, right? Like, yeah, he got
1: the six hundred dollars instead of four hundred, so yeah, it's,
0: fairly... it's decent. Um, and, and extra WCS points, man. Those extra thirty WCS points, they can, oh, yeah, they can right. do a lot. You never, yeah. you never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know when Silky qualifies for BlizzCon by like ten WCS points. We'll look back to this day, and be like, yeah. this, this oh. is this is why. <laughs> to
1: be fair, WCS points are really important because, like, that's why I'm, mm-hmm. I was really happy with the performing well in IM Katowice because I actually got WCS points. So right. in the Challenger, I got seed number one, which ah. gave me an easier bracket. And All like right. every tournament, every tournament from now on, I'll be constantly getting easier and easier opponents because I'll be playing people with no WCS points, which means they didn't perform well, which means they're technically lesser players. Well, last year. Because I had no double CS points from the start to the end of the year. Because every time I qualified for an event that had double CS points, I couldn't go because of the China. Or I lost in the round of 32. Every round of 32, I had like Neep, Because like I have zero double CS points. So yeah. they match you with the top one player in the right. top eight. So I always had to play Neap, uh, Pult or something. Yeah, so it was really hard yeah. to get those double CS points. kind of like rich gets richer, poor gets poorer. Yeah. Because like I keep playing the top players and I can't really beat them at the time. So, now that if you actually have WCS points, it actually, like, makes your life much easier.
0: I didn't realize they did the seed and buy WCS points, actually. Yeah, that's, they uh, do, uh,
1: the seeding goes, they do the WCS points from 2017. Then, then if you don't have them, they use 2016. Right. And then, yeah, that's about it.
0: Oh, that's pretty interesting. Well, that's pretty sick. I mean, it's one of those things where you're right, like, the rich get richer. Because, like, next time, like you say, you'll just get a better bracket again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's always one of the interesting things. It's cool though, right? Because it means that there's value to everything. It really does link it through the year. Yeah, sure. They should have really, I feel as though they should have mentioned that more. I mean, it, I, obviously as a player, you probably know this, but like, I mean, even I didn't really know this. I'm casting the games. Like, that's a huge talking point. Like, And people can be like, yeah, oh man, sure. Pili qualifying for Katowice and going all that way. It's been so worthwhile because now it's been for this and that and all the rest as well. Oh, that's pretty yeah. sick. I actually had written down, I was going to ask you about performing well at kind of and if that helped you out at all, but, well, there you go. If it gave you WCS points that helped yeah, the bracket, sure. then, then that's a better answer than I was ever going to initially think of getting. Alright, um, well, I mean, talking about WCS points, the next WCS event is Austin, which is obviously what this was a qualifier for. I mean, you go to Austin, do you have any specific goals Do you reckon you can do well? Anything, you, anyone maybe that's going to be there that you're worried about, that you might meet early on? or I mean, it's a bit early days for that, I guess, but well, yeah, got it's goals? hard to say
1: until we know like, who exactly qualifies from EU qualifiers, especially because that's like the scariest players. And there's um, an
0: open bracket as well though, right? So I mean, yeah, a- exactly. anybody like, could show. All the top EU
1: players will probably come out with the yeah. open bracket. But uh, considering that this is a tournament in North America, so it's much easier to travel there, no mm-hmm. jet lag. And that a lot of Europeans maybe will not be able to afford to come, like not exactly right, sure. the top top Europeans, but. Like, top Europeans that haven't don't have exactly a team to support them or something. So I think the brackets will be technically easier. And um, to make it to um, round of 16, like s- since we're already seated in the round of 32, you just need to make it out of one group. Yeah. So technically, once again, with having WCS points, I should be getting the group with one good player and two mediocre players. So if I actually make it to round of 16, that's like, that's like the very minimum I want to get, the round of 16, because that's, a- once again...
0: I was just gonna um, say well, it is a group, right? Yes, round of third this that's year so, will be a group. That's so and nice. then
1: Yes, because it makes it much easier than the single elimination where you just <laughs> depends who you play.
0: Yeah. Um I, I think that's like one of the dumbest things like that they had last yeah. year. Like single Elin from the start. It's like I mean, I you, mean basi- like, you basically
1: I mean, like last year you were practicing
0: for two months for one best of five. Yeah, and exactly. then if you yeah, fail, episode. you'll fail. It's like uh, at uh, DreamHack Austin last year, actually, you went out in the round of 32 to Pult, to which Pult. is, yeah. I mean, like, what, what can you do? Like, you came through the, the open bracket and whatever, you came through the groups, and then all of a sudden you hit Pult. It's like, well, if you hit a group with Pult and some other guys, well, there's a chance. But Pult, when he's just come out of, like, winning WCS, like, a month or two yeah. ago, like, what, what are you meant to do? <laughs> it's, it's kind of dumb. I think there was a massive discussion all of the time last year about single elit brackets and everyone agrees that group stages are better for as long as possible i mean obviously like it gets to a point where you can't just do round of yeah. eight quarterfinal groups right but but no. yeah this year they really step it up especially like i am pizza with like an amazing yeah, format that's awesome the,
1: that now they're making the round of 32 the group stage so they're improving at least they're learning yeah like
0: i i, so I, I love so we can Kata criticize
1: Kata them format. for having mistakes but at least they're learning and willing to change and that means their mistakes with the formats. so yeah that's I, good
0: i think a lot of the changes this year are pretty good actually i i'm a big fan there's like a no talking about like kind of viewing these events obviously it's very different <laughs> to being a player but i think they're kind of similar views in different ways anyways with that said um that that pretty much wraps it up like that that's what i had to talk about um we cool. talked wcse U challenge a bit at the start that was my last thing on my list so pilly dude thank you for uh coming and chatting with me for, yeah thanks uh... for inviting
1: me it was fun talk
0: yeah, it was. This is what I mean. Like, I, I talked to Papilia about the kind of new format a bit before we started. But I basically just said, like, you, hey, I just want to have like a fun talk about StarCraft without people talking each other over each other and fighting about this. <laughs> I just want to talk <laughs> yeah. about StarCraft. Um, and I think we we did a pretty good job of it. So, thank you very much for being on. Obviously, if you have any shoutouts or whatever, please feel free to spam away right now.
1: Well, shout out to my team from Cybern Gaming for supporting me. So, it's been a over a year in the team, and it's been like the most supportive team I've ever been to. Even though that doesn't really say much, since I've only been on three teams, but I appreciate the support a lot. And um, yeah, if you guys uh, want to follow me on Twitter at hotel 96 for the updates from tournaments and stuff. And thank you for inviting
0: me. No worries. Well, thank you for chatting, obviously, and uh, thank you to everyone for listening. This was episode five of Natural Expansion. I think this went well enough to justify trying to do a couple more like this. So. You'll probably see uh, another one of these pretty soon. Obviously, in the meantime, keep up to date on our social media, Facebook and Twitter.com slash TV, And remember to hit subscribe on the YouTube, YouTube.com slash TV as well. If you want to follow me personally, I'm on Twitter at WallyXO. And with that said, thank you again to Pilly Pilly for the chat. We'll see you guys next time for the next episode of Natural Expansion.